We're back. For all the weak gutted dogs out here, there it is, footy and frothies. To talk some footy over a frothy, in fact, as it works. Di uh, I'm going to say Darnie. Who's Darnie? Barney. Barney Dag and Ollie with you. Uh, no gump this week, but we're going to talk footy nonetheless uh, and plough through some of the news of the week first of all. Uh, let's just tick off a few uh, notes. Uh, Judiciary, Tarek Sims four weeks, Fisher Harris two weeks, Kotrick one week, that was it. Uh, no signing news really, now the deadline's over. And Oh, oh no. Alicia Cotol is going Alicia to Melbourne next, next year. year. Yeah. That's interesting. That's actually a... Quite an interesting bit of news. They yeah. may figure they get the best out of him. They need someone. So. I was going to say, yeah, definitely an area they need to fill. These last 12 months haven't been great, but he's shown some glimpses of some really good form at the Warriors over different times over the last couple of years. So yeah. definitely be a good pickup for the Storm. And uh, injury-wise, Volkman's out for the season, as is old mate whose handwriting I can't... Oh, Aaron Booth, of course, that nasty Yeah, didn't nasty that look incident, atrocious? Uh, on the weekend... Uh, and Ken Romilo, you know, he's probably hurt his leg again like he does every other week. So um, no other major injury news either, I don't think. So <sighs> story of the week, I guess, is Ricky Stewart. You don't want to talk about it? Not particularly. <laughs> All I guess I'll say is no matter what, I'd think he'd be, you'd think he'd be smart enough to just not bring that up in that situation. Right? Like, come on. Like... Yeah, I, I, I don't have a lot of sympathy 20 years for... Well, apparently it's going to be a match a match ban. I think he'd, if you're him, he'd probably take it, go away for a week and yeah. freshen up. If you're the club, you'd probably advise him to go away for a week and freshen up or whatever it might be. If I was the club, I'd probably tell him just to fucking forget about the rest of the year and come back next well, year, well, more seriously. Well, I was actually saying it earlier, uh, that maybe they're better off giving him four weeks and just saying, look, Ricky, come back in pre-season, mate. <laughs> Especially if the season's done, which it's not far off. Maybe it's, yeah, absolutely very close. Um, they looked atrocious in attack, which oh, we'll get to. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I, I don't know if it was a, a deflection thing, or but to bring up something that's, what, five years old and have a personal well, attack in a professional yeah. setting, it's just yeah, it's ridiculous, realistically. Um, it was, I'm sure he regrets it and it shouldn't have happened, but, um, yeah, it, it was yeah. pretty poor form. Wrong forum. Simple as that. Call him whatever you want to the players. You know, call him whatever you want in the sheds, whatever, but... Uh, if he sure. was talking about the the act on the field itself and in it, you know, on its own, then you could possibly go somewhere that strong. But to attack someone personally, is, that's a different, whole different conversation. Yeah. So. Look, he's going to get what he's got to get. It, there's been enough played out with it. I don't, I don't think there's anything without us saying like we're taking sides or anything that we can really add. Is there? As I said, if it was up to me, I'd probably tell him to go away and come back next year, start in November one or whenever they start training again, and. Forget about it till then. But it's just a such an interesting bad blood with Penrith and Canberra, isn't it? Like yeah. they, they just don't like each other. They don't like what's around each other. And it's, anyway, um, and then the fallout from it all is a bit like you know the typical social media. It's going to bounce. It's going to go so far one way, it. and the next day is going to go so far the other way. And there's some idiots ringing up and talk back today for the unfortunate oh. 15 minutes I had to listen yeah. to the radio when I was dropping the car off, but. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Don't talk about it. Uh, that's it. Well, record time for news and shit. Okay. <laughs> let's talk some footy then. Anyone else want to talk about something? Oh, there's not well, really much else to go, is hit. there? <laughs> um, Melbourne hitting back at Brandy about the wrestling techniques oh, and all the rest of it. But that's another, another story that um, Fox News have brought out of their own commentators. I was going to say. I wonder what, I wonder, make it a news story. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder what Channel 9's going to say about it. With their commentator. Media. Like, <laughs> um, I don't think Brandy's wrong. Uh, some, but uh, 
whatever. What is it, like, I don't really. Yeah. What's going to be achieved by entering yeah, that conversation? Pretty close to the mark, I would imagine. <laughs> For Cameron Smith to take exception to it as well, so like, obviously he's not going to come out and say, "Oh yeah, you're right." We We'll, we'll, uh, we'll hip drop him. Oh, he'll, he'll defend the storm till the day he dies, Cameron Smith. Yeah, but. which he's which he's entitled to do. So whatever. Like, what are you going to? It's another storm in a teacup. It wouldn't be a rugby league days of our lives if it wasn't uh, <laughs> for Paul Kent. something new. <laughs> <Brayton Esther. laughs> anyway, hey, let's talk footy. Hey, uh, kicked off on the weekend with uh, thirty-four sixteen. The Roosters looking very good. Look at this. Four minutes fifty-four into the first. <laughs> Into the uh, let's just bag some general referees and bunkers as well. Then let's get into the thirty-four sixteen. Uh, Roosters over the Broncos barn. Ollie's got notes this week. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. It's only been two and a half years. You might add something. Which well, is good. So. No, I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> so. We had six tries to three, five out of six conversions for the Roosters, and two out of three for the Broncos. Sixty-six percent completion by the Roosters and eighty-one percent by the Broncos, which led to thirty-two out of forty-eight sets and thirty-six out of forty-four. 450-plus running metres and 200-plus post-contact metres for the Roosters. Five line breaks to three. 50 tackle busts to 37. 13 offloads to 12. Two force dropouts to one. 0-40-20s, 325 tackles played 313. Four ruck infringements against both sides. Two inside the 10 against the Roosters. Six penalties conceded by both sides. 14 errors to nine. Nat Butcher made 40 tackles. Ricky with 37. Tedesco with 264 running metres and Corey Jensen with 136. Kiri missed four tackles, made 17. Reynolds missed eight and made 13. Kiri had 101 supercoach points. Tedesco with 99. And then two other players before you got to Capewell from the Broncos on 80 points. This to me felt like, and I've done what I declared. For my first issue was I declared Brisbane win the comp three weeks ago. So I haven't won a game since. Um, so I apologise to Kevy and all the boys. Uh, ben Eichen seems like a likeable bloke. Uh, but um, this felt like Brisbane have hit their mark a little bit in the comp. I think I think what we saw is what we're going to get. I, like to, if, if the bottom eight were any better, you'd now be nervous about them making the eight. But they're going to they're limp there. They may give everyone a bit of a shake, but they've they're going to be they're the next. Year, I think they're they're now next year's team. Brisbane, uh, they've hit their mark. Roosters are this year's team. I, I, I'm flipping back to that. Roosters can are the right type of footy team. And the right style of footy to, to give Penrith a shake. I think they're probably almost the best, the best setup side to do so, uh, coaching wise. Once they get T- uh, Takiyo back in the middle of the field as well, but they've built some like the the Butcher boys and uh, Butcher and Baker. Like they're tremendous now. They're just very very good first grade footballers. Uh, their forwards are all hitting their straps. Matt Lodge has been a very very uh, astute buy. Uh, Absolutely, he was uh, uh, he was outstanding the weekend and Teddy. Teddy's in as good a form as he's been in in two years, probably, I reckon. Since a few matches last year. And, and they've got scary power in the back. And Luke Keery's running a ball. Like, tick, 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 tick. They all look pretty good. Uh, Ollie, you've got your notes here, so you may have <laughs> a proper crack at this game. Oh, well, now before I, um, before I start my David, notes. David, do you want to talk first? No, no, no. I just want to put it out and um, see to our, our lovely listeners, all three of them, if... They want this to be a continual thing uh, after this week. If they want me to keep mm. writing notes, right in. or if I shouldn't, so um, I forgot the camera. So you know, so um, Gaz, Danan, and Alex, mm. um, yeah, definitely <laughs> let us know. Yes, we, we, we speak to our listeners by name. Yeah. Which is lovely. <laughs> That's the kind of service you get here. So the Roosters forward pack were dominant, and the key component in the Roosters beating the Broncos. And You're going to read it word for word, are you? Yes, I wrote out a script. <laughs> and the usual suspects were strong also. 
They are easily the hot team heading into the finals, and anyone who believes otherwise is a weak, gutted dog. And the fact that I've seen people suggest they'll drop off and Canberra will make the eight in recent weeks has me worrying about the state of humanity. Sorry, if you're going to read off a script, I'm going to <laughs> make you sound Brisbane. like you're uh, addressing the... Country. Reichstag or something. <laughs> Brisbane, Brisbane were simply outclassed by the better side on the night, but I don't think there's overly much to worry about. And it goes back to your point, Daggy, about how they've sort of hit their mark. I don't think they're horrible. I don't think they've been horrible, but they've just sort of been them and they've sort of found their, their spot this year. Um, but if they lose to Newcastle next week, then they're fucked. Um, Joe Maria Hargraves, Matt Lodge and Victor Radley led the four-pack dominance, I'd say. Uh, while Teddy and Joey still have that warm place in my heart and kept their form up. Yeah, good. Read your script too. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's got more writing than me. I, thought, I mean, come um, on. Yeah, but he doesn't sound yeah. like he's reading enough a page. <laughs> I yeah, but I'm not trying to hide it. Stuff in That's there, fine. Anyway, I thought the Broncos <laughs> were pretty decent, actually, but they were, as Ollie said, they were physically dominated in the middle of the field um, and tactically as well. I thought the Roosters' tactics in this game were some of the better ones I've seen up against that fast-rushing Broncos Defence that I've mentioned many times out wide there. Um, they, they they kicked early, they're kicking short, and when they did go wide, they, the passing was really quick. Um, they didn't just sort of go to a point on the field. They were actually intent on getting around the Broncos, and they did it through really fast, um, really fast ball movement to get on the outside of them a couple of times early. And, yeah, the Broncos were pretty much done after, what, 20 minutes of this mm. game. Uh, the Roosters looked like they were well on top. Cobo sort of took a little while to get going, but he, um, he he looked quite good towards the back end of the game after being out for a while now with the with the head knocks. Um, Broncos seemed to act... They lacked a little bit of physicality, I thought. Um, they looked a little bit slow in their defence, in the middle of the well, field it especially. Was that sort of um, that middle period, and they missed Carrigan, obviously, obviously, yeah. obviously. But, like... Uh, from about the 10-minute mark, East just rolled them through the middle. Bradley Lodge, Warrior uh, Hargraves were just powering through the middle of the field. Um, and, yeah, the Broncos seemed to be on the back foot for a, a fair chunk of the night. I thought Flegler, Flegler Capel and Jensen were pretty good uh, yeah. for, for the Broncos. Haas was their best player easily, again, um, does it week after week. Manu and Suwali were pretty decent out wide, but they sort of they had a few limited opportunities there. Uh, a lot of the game was played through the middle with Lodge. I mentioned Weira Hargraves and Bradley. I thought Verrills was playing really well as well. Again, as I mentioned, we've mentioned him a couple yeah, of times in the last few weeks. Yeah, uh, the old uh, planted out. the seed. Yeah, he, he, it turns out he's right. It Who knew? Uh, and that Nat Butcher and Angus had really big games in this one. They um, mm. they absolutely terrorised the edges of the Broncos' defence. And, um, yeah, Teddy just, when he chimes in and he's playing that straight, direct line, he, he gives them all sorts of problems as well. So I thought Teddy was the, the player of the match just for his involvements out wide, uh, the way he tore the the field apart. And then I went Angus and Luke Keary for the two and the one. But Yeah, I don't mind. It was Radley's best game, I should make it, because we've been a little yeah. bit up and down on him this year. It was Radley's best game, clearly, uh, despite the claret coming out of his head. He seems, uh, when he gets a cut, he seems to go. <laughs> he sees blood. He sees red. sees red. And, but, uh, fires and, right up. and uh, Nat Butcher, though, like, yeah. just so solid in the fence. He's just a reliable, reliable. Like, I don't know what he's on. I assume he's probably on 220 or something there. If you're mm. even a, a Tigers or a Newcastle team, 
go and give him 400. He'll come and do a job for you. You know, where he's he's never not there when running his lines. He's always no, there for just, the little kick in behind oh, or for the short very, ball. Very, very impressive. Yeah, and very good in defence as well. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was probably close to Angus's best game of the year as well. Yeah. I thought he was tremendous. He's had a pretty good patch of form. He could have scored three tries. Like, yeah. Kevin goes right here, he could have scored tries. Um, and Joe Sawali, like, doesn't he low? He's 19, he's flat. And how scary is he going to be when he's 22? <laughs> he's a physical young He'll be, he'll be first he? pick for New South Wales in two years. You would think so. Samani just seems to keep the ball away from him a little bit for my yeah, liking. Yeah. But I'd like to see him sort Given of put him away what he does without service, is, um, yeah. like he's there to catch bombs and, and knock people over in defence. And, and, and he runs well out of the back end as well, out of dummy half. He's some good strong runs out of him. But. Like, where's... Uh, are we just saying now Brisbane are next year's team? Yeah. I think we all pretty much pegged them around the bottom of the eight, and I think that's yeah. sort of where the level that they played and, at in this match. And so. this is them now. Is like they're not bringing anyone next year. They're, this is what they're going to build with. Pretty they much. Can't yeah. think of anyone. It's not to say they can't build upon that next year or anything. No, no, like no. But I'm saying there's no but signings. Oh, they'll be better. There's just six or eight kids there that will yeah. improve mm. over, yeah, well, over yeah. the off-season. Testing you a full seat. Testing you will be a Palacia, Cobo should get You get a full year out of Carrigan. Uh, Flegler's getting better game on game recently. Yeah, so. Ezra Mann will be better next year. He's still, he's still like standing in front of the ruck and yeah. catching forward passes. <laughs> like. He doesn't mind throwing a forward oh, pass I either. That's, yeah. Uh, Katoni's been quiet for a bit. He's but, been um, very quiet for the majority of the season, I'll really. tell you, To be yeah. honest, there's been about three weeks, I'd say, where a p- little patch there where he was... This is Katoni's best on, game since on, Origin. Yeah, he yeah, was, on he was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, and the other thing I want to mention, we'll move I, I, I don't have too many issues with your 3 2 1, Ollie. You, what no. do you notes say? My notes, well, the the players that I sort of mentioned, but I have to agree with Barney as well. Cool. The only thing I'll mention is, and I'll see this. So, Mao's come out and said Suwali is a realistic uh, Australian, w- Australian option. Yeah. option. Um, who's Tupo declared for? Is he playing for Australia? Oh. His first choice is Australia, yeah. yeah. So because if I would assume Tomer, I believe. It, you leave it leaves Suwali third picked essentially because with who's declared ever else, yeah. you've got Tupo Fox. I would have Suwali next. Who, who's yeah. who's yeah. after that? Well, I'd probably even have him in. I uh, might have even have him in front of Tupo at the moment. To be honest, well, just yeah. like if you're building on next year as well, um, he's got to be in the squad. Surely he's, he's in the squad. The, if, thing is. It, it's a thirty-man squad, so yeah, like, it, yeah. like he's as yeah. good in the air as as um, Tupu. He's probably better out of the backfield, and his defence is probably a fraction better as well. So, oh. and can play centre, and can and apparently he's, can play fullback if he need if, if something really goes wrong. He's quicker than Tupu, but Tupu's yeah. maybe a fraction more reliable. So, because I just thought because you, you take out your two O's of the world, there's. It's a pretty shallow pool. And the other one we talk, we'll get to a bit later because we've got plenty of time for our sleeve, is um, the back rower chat's quite interesting when you actually break down what's left for Australia. But uh, let's put a nice little bow on this game and get to the next one. Mm-hmm. Friday night kicked off 32-14. Uh, Storm over the Titans again. Storm a little bit off the pace, but um, they got the job done here on the back of, well, one man essentially. Stats, and then uh, we'll hand the podium back to... That off over here to address his adoring fans. Well, but, um, mate, I think now maybe you've <laughs> probably all right. We'll drop that now. <laughs> yeah, another um, sort of subpar performance from the Storm. Even though they got away with a decent win, we had six tries to three, four out of six conversions played, one out of three for the Titans. Seventy-six percent completion played, seventy-eight percent, which was twenty-nine out of thirty-eight sets and twenty-nine out of thirty-seven sets. 
Nine line breaks for the Storm, three for the Titans. 42 tackle busts, played 43. 13 offloads for the Storm, seven by the Titans. One force dropout from both sides. 326 tackles, played 308. Two ruck infringements to one. Zero inside the 10s for both teams. Seven, pe seven penalties conceded from both sides. Storm with 12 errors, Titans with nine. Grant made 39 tackles. Dave Fafita with 37. Two weeks in a row over 30. Jeez, something's happened there. Oh, God. <laughs> Munster with 252 running metres. And Tino with 185. Kenny Bromwich missed seven tackles, made 25. <clears throat> Excuse me. King made, missed six and made 16. Tanner Boyd missed nine and made 16. Munster with 147 supercoach points. Grant with 97 and three other Storm players before you got to Brimo on 67. Yeah, he's good. I reckon we um, chuck on another 1.25 million per season on this deal. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, Melbourne's most dominant performance, I'd say, in a while, albeit against a bunch of geeks. Other than that, I think the Titans put in about 20 minutes of okayness and then the same old shit. <laughs> Munster was easily the man of the match, but led the way. As I said, an overall really good performance by the Storm, probably 1-17. to 17. Um, The Titans made the Storm's edges look good for one, which um, got on them for that, at least at least it, in Melbourne's attack. And for the Titans, you know, Campbell was good, Brimson, Tino were good, same old fellas putting in the same old effort, but that's it's pretty much the same story each week with the Titans. Very succinct, Very succinct Dolly. Yeah. Who, who would have thought that Melbourne's best um, prospect at fullback was probably going to play the best when you put him back to fullback? <laughs> he was tremendous in this game. He was the reason that they scored as many points as they did. I gave the Titans 30 minutes. I thought they were actually pretty good there for 30 minutes. Well, but if you take it to account half-time. Yeah, no, no, we're not including <laughs> half-time. <laughs> the 20 minutes... The problem was the storm was 16-0 before the fucking Titans decided to have a go. <laughs> oh, what? We're playing? Oh, shit. And then they played all right for half an hour and then fell away again at the back end of the game. Um, yeah, the last half an hour they pretty much fucking left the field as well. Um, the storm realistically probably should have won by more. They had plenty of opportunities. And there was, again, some pretty poor performances in defence out wide for the, uh, for the storm, which led in a few points there for the Titans. Um, there was a bit of nice play as well, but yeah, there was definitely abated by um, the Storm's poor defence out wide there. Most of the forwards are pretty good for the Storm, I thought. Um, putting in a decent showing. I already mentioned Munster at fullback. The way he chimes in is something different uh, compared to most players. Um, really, the blokes like Pappenhausen and Teddy are probably the only ones that chime in the same sort of way that Munster did in this game. There wasn't a lot of standouts for the Titans. I thought Campbell had some nice touches. His um, footwork's okay. He got you know, chimed in a couple of times there at, at different points. SASA and Mo were okay. But it was Tino, Fafita and Brimson that were the best three players for the Titans. Not Nobody else really rated a mention. Kafusi and Kenny Bromwich were decent. I thought Cheese was good. Um, he's a funny one. He sort of comes in and out of games at times, but... I thought he was pretty good. Jesse Bromwich was very good. And um, I thought Cooper Johns probably had his best game in first grade. I, well, thought I was, was going to ask it because he didn't, like, yes, he was on the field. He wasn't he dominant. He was, by no, <laughs> by, no, means, by yeah. no means was he dominant, but I thought he had a better performance than um, Jerome Hughes. And, yeah, I know, okay. you know, it call, wasn't Jerome Hughes' best performance either. But I, I, I can't I, recall ever seeing a game, I've, I've said this before this season, across the team, the kicking meters are, like, the... Harry Grant led the kicking meters 170, and 
160 Hughes, and that's it. Like, yeah, yeah. No, they did. Wow. They just relied on the roll through the middle in this one. Um, they, they definitely played the everything Titans. through the middle of the field Kansas at the Titans, which was obviously a plan. And, yeah, Munster and Harry were the best two players on the field, I thought. What I was going to add, except for the fact that the Melbourne edges are, are horrend- like horrendously exposed now. And everyone knows it. Titans knew it here. Uh, they got a very interesting game. Is it Penrith this week? Yeah, very interesting game without their halves, without fish. There, it's going to be a, it's going to be a plunger of a game, and it's quite interesting. Now, all of a sudden, your Crichtons of the world need to come in their own a bit, or your Dylan Edwards, Dylan Edwards could carve up this team. Well, Jerome Hughes is possibly Cam a week or two, wasn't he? Yeah, and, yeah. and you're losing Hughes, so that's a very interesting game. While they've still got those three keys on the field, they'll be fine. I was just thinking, but you've you know you've wrapped Cooper Johns now, so I'll keep my mouth shut. But I'll say it anyway. <laughs> what like? It, when you start thinking, it's too late in the season to experiment. When you start thinking, if you have no 5'8 and you've got to put Munster at fullback into time, anyway, why not play Kenny at six and put Cheese on the field? Like, at w- what point do you start thinking that way? Kenny Bromwich? Yeah, or, so, or someone. I, th- I thought Cooper's short passing was, was okay. Right, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, his yeah, short yeah. kicking wasn't too bad you're either. Right. You're, you're He's a bit of a liability right. in defence, but most halves are in the competition. So, I. Yeah, I wouldn't be putting Kenny Bromwich in at six. <laughs> well, it's just a name. I was trying yeah, to yeah, yeah. like you couldn't. And cheese, cheese could tackle at six, I suppose, but doesn't really bring. He's not. You a, could probably put Harry at six and, and maybe they've got no cheese. Well, they're, they're the world trouble half, this week. We've had user as well. Yeah. Fuck. Anyway, be interesting to see who they name. Um, and so, on talk about No Faluma's debut was a No Faluma debut. Broke some tackles, dropped some balls. Bomb to try. Don't yeah. think he necessarily. He's better than what they've got. So whatever, whatever that means. Uh, it was okay with the ball in his hand. He ran all right, but yeah. a couple of real. He could have scored three tries, really, um, yeah. and he would have taken that. But a couple of times he went back into the middle and sort of bounced around a little bit. A few of the drums seem to suggest he may not be back. So hey, cool. <laughs> I think Tigers fans' drums, maybe. No, just like even I think he came out and said, "Oh, my only focus is Melbourne in these days." So. Well, because that's who he's playing for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, <laughs> I know how it works, Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> I get a bite out of you. Back on your podium. All right, uh, yeah, Munster three, Harry two. Where are we going to go for one? I had um, either Cooper Johns or Tino or Dave Fafita. Like, as I said, Dave Fafita doesn't make 30 tackles all that often. Ollie, you um, tell us. Yeah, no, I, I don't mind. Pick one of those, uh, pick one of those Titans. I mean, I want to go with Tino still. Yeah, I still sure. think overall better, but I think he com- comparatively, tackles as well. Yeah, com- comparatively to what he usually puts out, good job for Fafita. Something I want to, uh, something I will do for our well, for our award show is actually look back through the dag games and, and, f- and find the dag. Yeah, which is <laughs> say it. All right, anyway, let's move on after that. But we'll also do the team of the year. How many who yeah, got the leading actually. votes from oh, each right. position? Oh right, each position. Yep. Uh, I don't know if T is listening and you would like to do that. That would be amazing. Otherwise, I'll do it myself at some point. T N G T. Good fans of the show. We're up to five listeners, which is lovely. Thirty-six <laughs> uh, twenty. Uh, Action Bailey. We might have six. Hang on. <laughs> Pushing double figures. 36 Chuck Evan Parsons in there. <laughs> Evan, <laughs> Evan, Evan, if you're listening, can you please write in? Because <laughs> you're not. Uh, 36 20. The, the Eels. This was, an enter, this was an odd game of footy. This yeah. was an entertaining game of footy. It was 36 20. Maybe I'll tell us stats and I'll talk about it. Three tries to Manly, seven to Parramatta. Two out of three conversions played four out of seven. A missed field goal opportunity for Parramatta and two out of two penalty attempts for Manly. 77% completion played 86%. 28 out of 36 sets played 38 out of 44. Five line breaks for both sides. 18 tackle busts for Manly. 36 for Parramatta. Seven offloads to 11. 
One force dropout from both sides. 327 tackles played, 290 for Parramatta. One ruck infringement against Manly, one inside the 10 against Manly. Three penalties conceded to four. 12 errors by Manly, six by Parramatta. Jake made 50 tackles. Brown made 39. Saab with 264 running metres and Gutherson with 207. Harper missed six tackles, made 11. Croker missed seven, but he did make 43. Jake Arthur missed four and made 21. Some incredible, incredible oh, running Gutho, mate. 121. Supercoach points. Saab with 104. And Lane with 91. Sorry, it was, mate. It was a round for the fullbacks and Supercoach, uh, unfortunately. For was. me, who didn't have any. Um, or at least benched him. Uh, incredible stats for Para. Everyone in their team ran over 120 metres except for Arthur and Marnie. And there were some massive metres from the Seagulls as well. Yeah. Well, I thought so, Parramatta were pretty dominant. I didn't even... like Even when Manly were in front, I... Never thought for one minute they were going to win this no, game. No, the only reason I did is because it's Parramatta. Yeah. <laughs> so, <you> know, <laughs> I, like how, I like how you said it, and everyone just goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right, it's Parramatta. But um, they were dominant early. There was that 20 minute period before half time where it all fell to shit and they went down the left. And um, I think it was the Gump suggested the reason they, the reason the Parramatta right side defence is so bad is because they all have a cold because they don't do anything for the rest of the game. so It doesn't uh, help when you feel... They were dead set defending 20 metres off the fucking yeah, sideline, yeah. man. Like, Wonga Blake was almost in the middle of the <laughs> yeah. field. And he's the winger. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Seriously. And they fixed that up in the second half. And I'm trying to think of something. Uh, nah. But anyway, Wonga Blake's his own special package, isn't he? <laughs> isn't he what? I'm trying to even think of a non-offensive way to 30 seconds to go when he tries to chip <laughs> kick and almost, and like like fuck, turn, almost I, ends up with a try was, to Manly. I was <laughs> screaming for half put a runaway and score because I would have had a field day, but unfortunately, uh, anyway, it was. I was never bored in this game, which is no, all, I really want for, yeah. all I really want. Um, there were so many blokes in this game I was ready to pot plant, which I never got to because they were really pretty stepped up after a while. Um, I want to wrap Jason Saab, had his best game of first grade, I think. He was out, he was absolutely outstanding. He was. he was in for the fight, he was in for the contact, he was jumping, he was catching, he was. 260 metres. He, he Defensive looked. positioning was fantastic yeah. against a couple of those kicks on the goal line. Probably saved a try or two. The bloke they missed uh, was Olakowatu. He just didn't feel like he turned up at all. I don't remember no, actually seeing him touch the ball. Didn't do a lot. I think I think if, if there is any strife as such in that manly side, it seems like he's tapped out. Everyone else was good. Were, all the other famous six were good. Uh, and Cor- Foran, was, Foran was quite good until he got injured. Uh, I thought he was just about manly's best apart from Saab. For Parramatta it was Gutho's best game of the year after I again after I reverse reaped him last week and potted him. He was sen- he was in everything. He was sensational. Popped up when he had to, played half when he had to uh, looked as quick as he has all year. He looked quick as he had in the cup camera. He's been looking that quick in a long time. Oh that offload in the middle of the field off yeah. Sean Lane. That was beautiful. That was and he just powered and he just away. Burned from away. Yeah. That was very pretty to watch. Um, they were good and then the usual suspects uh, Madison Lane and Papa E were we're great. Uh, Barney, you know, you're going to have plenty no, more to say. Let Ollie go. I've, you've pretty much covered most of what I've got to say, so I'll jump in with a couple of comments at the end. <laughs> Come on, Ollie. All right. No, well, first of all, is it bad that I now purely watch Parramatta games with excitement because I see certain things happen in the game and think, oh, I can't wait to see what Danon says about that. Oh, Damo wouldn't like that one. Yeah, this. Well, uh, nah. Manly are like a middle child. <laughs> They're just kind of there at the moment. <laughs> They're an, ab- they're an like 
there are, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get for you next week. I hope you notes because next week I'm gonna get like quiet nursery rhyme music <laughs> um, so you can read the shit. <laughs> Keep talking, I'll they're, find something. They're just they're, they're just a bit of a bang just average go to team. fucking sleep or whatever. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, just like, <laughs> just like some uh, relaxing, soothing, uh, calming ocean music while you. I'm not knocking on it. I like it. I know. I, that, that's why I started doing it. And I hope that, uh, what's it, what are we up to now? Eight listeners at home enjoy it as well. Uh, but the reason I bring that up is because looking at them, they're just sort of a bang average team now. And I look at the ladder and I was like, you know what? They're 10th. They're probably not going to, like, I think they're probably 10th now for the year. I can't say I'm really going up or down. Uh, that much, but for Parramatta, there was a part of this game where it sort of displayed their inconsistency. Sort of that twenty minutes before half time, uh, we brought up, but in the end, they won well in that second half. They really got the momentum behind them, um, and I think their forward pack sort of led them um, to victory here. As we brought up that overall, that forward pack performance I brought up before about how, in terms of consistent for forward pack as a whole performances throughout the season, Parramatta probably had. The most of them, I think, over the past month, that's been a bit lacking. But in this game, well, Penrith, the whole team was great. But um, in particular, I think they sort of got them home here. Uh, Manly's back five run amok. I thought Martin Tapel was relatively strong for Manly, I guess, he in terms of an, an, an individual performance. Um, DCA brought he, uh, DCA, DCA brought his great kicking game to the table as he usually does. He didn't do much all that much else though. Yeah, he, yeah, he did yeah. kick very well, but, uh, but that's but that's one of like nearly every week. Yeah, he wasn't of, interested in, in the contact or taking it into yeah. the line very often. Which, yeah. but I think Manly have sort of become that team where that that's a big thing for them in yeah, some it's games at least. Not yeah. His, yeah. Well, they, yeah, they went not down by went not down by eight. I think I'm six years like I said. Very interesting tactics from DC to defend an eight point deficit. Yeah. <laughs> but he started early, like he was kicking the ball out to reset very early, but. I guess when you think about it, that that's how you arrest momentum and just absolutely it, it works for a while. But um, after fifteen twenty minutes of doing it, you know no, yeah. they automatically drop a winger back, and then you've got two fullbacks back there, and it, yeah. it sort of you know it loses its punch a little bit. But yeah, well, other than the great forward pack performance from Parramatta, I, um, it was good to see that Clint Gutherson decided to stop thrusting his hips for once and have a good game. Still not as good as Dylan Edwards, but we'll get to him. We'll get to him. He was probably my third best on the field too, actually. I, I had another two that I thought were better than him. Um, a couple of guys you didn't mention, I thought Penasini had a fantastic game. Uh, he was really strong out there in the centres for for the Eels. Um, he's you know, really good in first contact, um, in defence and attack. Pretty much as soon as um, I think the message went out at half-time for Wunga Blake to get a little bit fucking closer to the wing and yeah. <laughs> stop defending 20 metres in. And Manly's scoring opportunities pretty much dried up because what they, they were just spreading early and getting like, Harper feel, on the outside like of Wunga them. Blake is someone who would thrive off simple instructions. <laughs> That's the nicest just way I could put it. within five <laughs> or ten metres of the sideline, please. Yeah. So, 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 <laughs> so see where you're here, you probably yeah. just want to be here. Yeah, I've thought of a nice way to say it. Because simple Manly, instructions work better. Yeah. All Manly's attack was down that side when he was a long way off his wing and it was, you know, foreign engaging the centre and the winger and then putting Harper down the sideline with Saab following in tow. So, um, yeah, once that stopped, Manly didn't and really massive, look like they had much else. When we talked about else. those run that massively inflated that Absolutely, run because they yeah. did it four or five times in yeah. the space of ten minutes and there was a lot of metres to be made. Yeah. Um, I thought Opacek was pretty good as well in mm. the centres there mm. for, for Parramatta. Um, RCG was okay. I don't think anyone mentioned, but I thought Sean Lane and Dylan Brown were the best two players on the field. I thought they were fantastic. 
Um, Sean Lane's really dangerous when he gets... He seems a little bit better in the middle of the field to me. He seems more like a 13 where he can um, engage some tired defenders in the middle and then get that arm free. And then you've got Gutho trailing back through the middle or Dylan Brown on, on an edge. But, um, yeah, I thought he was tr tremendous through the middle of the field. You've already mentioned everybody else that I wanted to mention apart from probably um, Andrew Davey. I thought he was quite good for yeah, him on an edge. I think he's been pretty good since he's sort of come, come back, back from his injury. Yeah. yeah, So I had Brown, Lane and then Gutherson for the 3-2-1. I had Gutho 3, Lane 2 and Brown. I thought Brown has flattered second half a bit. Not saying you're wrong, I'm just saying that's right. We'll swap Gutho and Dylan Brown. That'll what do, do you think? Yeah, all right. Gutho 3, Sean Lane 2. I love two. how you just stamp it all <laughs> Love it. I'm um, just the one who gives the tick of approval. So a couple <laughs> things. So next year when, if if it all goes to plan, as I pray to whoever's above there. It's, it's not Tim like Shane's. Sort of red back, actually, to be honest with you. But, um, <laughs> it, it's, um, um, the friendly if Puppy goes, the do, you, do you play Maddo Lane back row? Do you flip him? How would you... Set up As I said, I'd probably team. play Lane in the middle and Put play him in 13 for Madison on Madison edge. On I think Madison's edge. better on edge. I think Madison's a little bit more explosive runner and can and cause can a, a few guys more problems. On an edge. And yeah. he can play a little bit earlier before the yeah, line. Yeah. He's actually probably got a better so. passing game than Sean Lane he, with a short pass to put away his, his centres. His best foot of the Tigers was on an edge. Yeah, yeah. So I'd probably switch him around. But Fair enough. And the, in the last big call, um, get back into some of Daggy's wacky theories. Uh, but the, the question was raised over the weekend by another good friend of the show. I don't think he listens. Um, Beaver. Uh, is Sean, does Sean Lane make the Australian 30? See, I, my first reaction was you off your head, but there seems to be people bullish Is this it. your your, uh, your second rolls thing that you were talking well, about? Well, okay, so... Here we go. I need Lane. to sort of think about Well, like, if you'd strip out or everyone that played for New South Wales that's now playing for one of the islands... Realistic, I I don't think he makes a team, but realistically, you're left with Yo. I in my head, it's Yo Murray Crichton mm -hmm. starting, Carrigan yeah. on the bench, mm -hmm. or any combination of that. Crichton might be on the bench, Carrigan yep. starting. Yep. Uh, I think Yo's got to be the third in. I think Murray Carrigan can play on an edge. It's fine. Carrigan can play in the middle. Tino, the props are quite skinny too when you get down this path. But after that, there's not a, like tell me who the top eight Australian second rowers are. That aren't playing for an island. When you actually think about this, the, 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 it yeah, falls. Yeah. Jake's in there. Wherever Jake, I think Jake's in, middle. in the middle. Yeah. Jake will be a prop. Uh, you got, so let's say you got Haas and Jake. Uh, I, I don't know who. T I don't know where Tino's going to be. He's Australian. He, he um, is, but I could also see him saying he'll play for Sega or something. To so you got Haas. So you might have Haas and Haas and Jake as starting props. I don't like. Oh, RCG's Yeah. Paulo's already declared for. Oh yeah. Paulo's gone. So you got Paulo out. You've there, it strips out very, very quickly. All of a sudden, you've got RCG and... Maybe Flegler on the bench. And Haas. Yeah. Flegler, Carrigan on the bench. I'm I'm thinking it's Hunt, Hooker, Harry on the bench. Yeah. He probably makes yeah. a 30. I don't know if he makes a... Well, it's like the, it's, it's the, amazing, the amazing. No, day, I don't think so but either. But when you throw it as yeah. a 30... Yeah. It's who's like, left? I, I'm thinking All also... Along. I think Liam Martin will be in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he, Liam Martin He will be in there. Angus Crichton, Crichton Murray. Murray and Crichton are probably your two yeah. starters with Yo at Yo, 13. Yeah, 13, yeah. But, but it's an interesting it question. It does get a bit skinny, yeah, yeah when is. you start like, taking if out you, If you pick him in the 30, yeah. I, I think if he's not in the 30, there'll be blokes in the 30 we go, what, what the fuck's it? But they can probably find six where they don't have to worry. Yep, you, and you've got Jake and Tino that can cover two. You've got... Maddo and Lane's probably Matt. a toss of a coin. They might take Maddo. Like, I think Maddo will be there. 
Flegler, and Flegler, Flegler might be there too. Actually, yeah, but Flegler. he'll play front row. Flegler's so. almost you close to one of the first picks. I think. Well, I think he's at least a shoe in for the squad. Well, not first pick. Don't say first pick. A shoe in for a prop in, in the squad. He's in yeah. the top four props to yeah. the left. It, it was an interesting chat, and I thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else to add. You know? Nope. Forty-eight. <laughs> this review is going to take yeah. too long either. Forty-eight <laughs> ten. The Rabbitohs uh, had an absolute field day playing against playing in the park against the Warriors. <laughs> nice day out for them. Barney stats. Eight tries to two, eight out of eight conversions, played one out of two for the Warriors. 76% completion for South, 68% for the Warriors. 33 out of 43 sets, played 22 out of 32. 800 plus run meters and 100 plus post contact meters for Souths. 12 line breaks to six, 33 tackle bust to 34. 15 offloads for South, six for the Warriors. One force dropout to three. Zero 40 20s, 255 tackles played 354. No ruck infringements, no inside the tens. Five penalties conceded to eight. Thirteen errors to I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually put down the Warriors errors for some reason. P- probably lots. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying more than thirteen. Arrow with thirty six tackles. Harris Torhu Harris with forty five. It was thirteen apiece. <laughs> thirteen apiece, there you go. Totola with two hundred running meters and Walsh with two hundred and one. Uh, Jackson Paulo missed five tackles, made nine. Ilias missed five and made fourteen. Reese Walsh missed six and made five, and Egan missed six and made seventeen. I haven't given you for yet. Yeah, going. The Warriors were rubbish. Ever. What do you want to say? They were lucky that Latrell took twenty minutes to warm up and then got a twenty-minute rest <laughs> at the end of the game, and they were lucky that Cameron Murray got a fifteen-minute rest at the end of the game as well, because this could have and should have been seventy to fucking ten, if not more, um, which I think they may have copped earlier in the year against Melbourne. But um, yeah, they absolutely deserve to get wiped off the park in this game. Their squad, let's face it, their squad's just not strong enough. Um, there's too many bit part players in and around that forward pack. And a lot of them um, and tire them. Like very they, early. So They need to go back to New Zealand. They've got a couple. They've got Barnett coming. They've got um, a, a couple of other guys coming that will bolster a couple of spots there. But I don't can't see them being huge. <laughs> huge improvers next year. Um, apart from Curran, who I, th- I thought was strong, the bench offered absolutely nothing for the Warriors. Um, Freddie Lussick was really good in defence. Um, he, he was probably a reason that <laughs> there wasn't another 12 or 14 <laughs> points scored because he stopped a few of their forwards and he was pretty impressive in defence. Fanua Blake and um, Torhu Harris were decent. You know, they did their job. They always do it. Um, they, they're, they're pretty good forwards, as a matter of fact. But I thought um, Murchie was probably their best player on the field. Um, he, was, he was involved in everything there for his 60 minutes he was on the field. Um <sighs> The, the young fellow for South on, on the wing there, the, the young Sivo, he, yeah. <laughs> he's a spitting image of Sivo and he's going to do some damage when he gets a, <laughs> gets a few years under his belt, I would imagine. He looks like a, a strong prospect coming through the grades. Um, Haas and Paulo had the, had the night off, I thought. They didn't really <laughs> – sorry – Tass and uh, Paulo, wow. Tass oh, and Paulo in the centre. <laughs> like, that's much, New South Wales. Uh, Tass and Paulo pretty much had the night off. They were very had very little involvement in this game. Um, they didn't have to. So Arrow was good. Um, I thought Ilias had a nice match. He was, had mm. some really nice touches. And Ever since he got hooked, he's short been good. kicking games, good. pretty good there. Um, Keon Kulamatangi was very good again. He's He's gone through the roof for probably the last six weeks. He's been fantastic. 
Trill and Cameron Murray, they were on another planet, mate. They, they, they would have, I reckon they probably would have ripped up a lot of teams no matter who they were playing on the week. I reckon they would have given Penrith some troubles the way they played. Yes, it's, on al- the it's almost like so. they'll both be in the Australian team. <laughs> Maybe they're like in top 15, 20 players in the comp. Yeah, yeah. you could go higher than that. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. They, <laughs> what else am I supposed to say here? Uh, just the way they were just setting up tries at will. Like, they just seemed like, oh, give me the ball, I'll, I'll get. I'll just put someone over for a try. Like, the first three tries came directly off Cam Murray pushing someone out of the way and then giving an offload for someone to score a try. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, look, I I have nothing at all. <laughs> well, one thing, going off script here, I love how Latrell just kind of, like, especially against the geeks, just kind of doesn't give a shit. Like, as in, like... Yeah. We've talked about it. <laughs> and that's why Latrell's like he... always been a super coach risk because there's days he might sit out at the back and have a smoke. But what's great is <laughs> now we've got we've got distilled Latrell now yeah. for the rest of the year because he's had his yeah. bunch of time off. He's come back, he's fit, and he's just like, fucking Lex Rex shit. Until he just fell on that ball, that little grubber. Like, he was doing nothing. That's what I love about him. You know what? I actually love it. what? Fuck it. You know, I'm not saying overall he's better or worse. I'm not trying to start a debate. But you know what the best thing about it is? He can do that for Australia <laughs> against New yeah. Zealand in a World Cup final. He can fuck an next minute. Oh, I just win a second. And just win the whole. Like, they could be, yeah. 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 be down sweet. by 14 with 10 minutes to go and win yeah, an actual world, world, world championship kind of thing. But, mm. um, like, uh, uh, again, I'm not trying to start a debate or anything, but it's kind of like what Jared Hayne used to try to do sometimes, I think, where he wouldn't do anything for a bit and then try too hard or whatever. And sometimes there's stuff up. Latrell just seems to get it right. Um, as a, a fellas, he's just got a bit more physical be, but, dominance yeah. than um, more Jared Hayne. Yeah, Jared yeah but 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 I think I mean? as well, like, he he's he's got the ability to sort of to do it well, where he can choose to like just sort of stand back. And I guess as well, the side he's playing in is a lot better than that parasite. I think Hayne like was Hayne playing in, but on the can inside, outside. To, Latrell could do that as well, or just go fuck it. I'm going to run over top of you. Yeah. <laughs> good and luck. can hurt people when you need him to good hurt luck people. Good luck stopping him. Which Jared could too. Yeah, but anyway. Oh, oh, there are geeks around. Well, the Warriors are that bad and are easily on the same level as the Titans and Tigers, if not worse. The Tigers, Broncos, Cowboys and Raiders should be punished for somehow losing to these geeks <laughs> and making them seem like not complete shit. Because I tell you, like, I don't know about you, Daggy, as, as a Tigers fan, as mm-hmm. some some of the listeners may know. Me as a Titans fan, I don't Haven't know. I, I, I look at this Warriors side most weeks and it pisses me off that they're above my team on the like because I think they are just as shit as our teams and like looking on paper See, I like think that but then I watch my team some week <laughs> 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 well that, that's why I said sort of especially that every, every, every week I want to get bullish and yeah. I'm just let down by then yeah. well I, I, I'm not being the one the one week I've ever tipped them 13 plus and look, anyway, I, I'm weeks. not being bullish about the the Titans by any means I just think like the Warriors are just that bad and as you brought up sort of at the start of last year, I think it was, I think the Rabbitohs are still a team that's perfectly set up to demolish shit teams. Yeah. They, like yeah, they, yeah. they are they are still that, and it, it was proven Absolutely. here. But I, I did me ladder predictor today, as I do every Monday now. I think they do go out first week of the final still. I think I've got them oh, against Brisbane, which will be hard. But I don't know. The South, I'm just not... I, I, I don't know. But anyway, Totola looked like a monster. Mm-hmm. I thought Murray was the best player in the field. Um, Latrell loves geeks, especially killing them. And the Warriors still only have two to three blokes having a go each week. I am. Um, I'm always especially half as hard, hard and south. But uh, I think this is a 
I know Adam Reynolds isn't in it, but I think they've got a better forward pack this year. A more seasoned forward pack. They've got better depth. And I think they're hitting harder than they did last year. I didn't thought their forwards were the issue last year and they made the grand final. I think they do seem set more up physical and they're getting, yeah. like I said, they're getting yeah. Super Saiyan Luttrell now, who is... Maybe I'm over. Maybe I don't. I, I, I guess I'm much, thinking I once, think once it comes to finals, it was Warriors. But that's sort of what is, I'm. I think mm. we spend a lot. I've realised over. You look back on. You think back on 21 rounds. We spent a lot of time analysing shit games and overthinking shit. Got yeah. off the park and you go, oh, oh well, no, well. And where it hit me is when I did my ladder predicted. To your point. Yeah. And basically, it's the same top eight we would have picked. After yeah. all the swings and roundabouts yeah, yeah. and roller coasters, it, it, it comes, oh it comes fuck, back. it's the same. T- except for the Cowboys, yeah. And the Sharks are higher than we had them. But when it all comes, when it yeah. all comes back, you go, oh, the same teams, same teams are in the same, same eight, teams are yeah. sort of in the same bracket. Yeah. But but I, I guess the thing with me that I'm sort of noticing as well with the ladder predictors, I think the last two three weeks I've had South eighth without even so I just. There's just something. The thing, like a week ago, I had fucking Parramatta finishing tenth. Yeah, well, like, they don't yeah, have the yeah. easiest run, but they could realistically. But, but if they're playing yeah, it, at their best. A, they could, you know, they've got a week in Penrith now. I think they play the Storm again as well, who were nowhere near their I, best. I, I can't they can wait. win both of those games. I can't, they'll, so, they'll beat Penrith yeah. and they'll beat the Storm. I think. Like, can you imagine Latrell running at those fucking well, geeks in Melbourne? <laughs> well, the I, outside edges oh of Melbourne's my, defense. I, I think as well. Someone and he'll be sitting there right now going. Two weeks' time. Yeah. Fuck, I'm going to yeah. I, I had someone messaging me on the page today actually pleading um, South Sydney's case and actually sent South's last four games. And I looked at it realistically and thought... And they I haven't think been in, beaten by 50 this year, have they? I don't think so. But I, I had a look, and in all four games, I think realistically you could say at least 50-50. That, that's why I think I'm sort of... Because they, they could go 4-0 the rest of the year. They could... Oh, could maybe even go oh and four uh, at a straight kind of thing. Uh, like, I'm embracing mm. the chaos a little bit, and I think I, something's coming. And I think I think Roosters and Souths are the two now. I think that realistically are. Well, I think maybe it's part of that because I think the Roosters are probably just a bit above I, I, at the I think moment. We have more faith in the Roosters. Yeah, it'll be a crack. That means flash last well, game last round. round of, yeah, oh, mm. bull terror. Let's give Cam three because yeah, yeah of course, pretty good. Let's yeah. give Latrell two. And let's give. Oh, I was going to give Totola one because I well, yeah, call him a Totola. Yeah. Gave it to. I think Totola's been outstanding for a month now. So uh, let's do that. Yep. The rain comes tumbling down. The Grey Gums Hotel, Penrith. Come and visit here, and uh, I don't know, have a beer or something. It's not that good, to be honest. Twenty-six uh, six. A disappointing Canberra turned up and got beaten by Penrith. Uh, Barney, some stats here. One try to four, one out of one conversions and four out of four for Penrith. Missed field goal attempt and one out of one penalties for Penrith. 75% completion played 74%. 27 out of 36 sets played 32 out of 43 for Penrith. Four line breaks from both teams. 29 tackle busts for the Raiders, 33 for the Panthers. Nine offloads for both sides. Five force dropouts by the Raiders, two by Penrith. You think they could have done something with five force dropouts? But anyway. 349 tackles played 327, one ruck infringement to zero, one inside the 10 to two, eight penalties conceded to five, nine errors to 10, and a sin bin from both teams. Hudson Young with 42 tackles, Yo with 40, Albert Hopawade with 178 running metres, and Edwards with 191. Fogarty missed five tackles, made 19, Appy missed 11 and made 37. Oh, you're done. Okay, oh, cool. super coach points nah, that I don't have. Very good. Oh, awesome. Move along. Uh, Dylan <laughs> uh, at no point in this game did it feel like Canberra ever going to score a point, let alone do anything else. And as soon as Tarpane went off, uh, it was 
it was no notes for them. Uh, they, I, I thought they were disappointed. I, we both tipped them. We had high hopes. We had, we thought their Ford pack might bring it. Uh, none of that happened, and they looked like they looked quite rudderless and uh, without much attack at all. Um, even starting off the bench did little to nothing. I can't really think of much to talk about Canberra at all, apart from saying that. Um, now I'm going to save him for a pot plant, and we'll move on. On both sides of the ball, defence carrying. and attack, oh. they were slow. They, I can't, I don't think anyone moved any slower with the ball movement on the weekend. And even in defence, they were just sitting back waiting for Penrith to come at them and cost them the game, cost them badly. As you yeah. mentioned, didn't look like they were going to score a point at all. And um, yeah, there was really, you know, they, they probably wouldn't have scored points against the worst defensive team in the comp, nah. let alone one of the better ones. Um, fuck Dylan Edwards is a tough motherfucker, isn't he? Jesus Christ. He got absolutely belted, lined up a couple of times by Hawira Naira. He was holding on to his collarbone for a good 20 minutes and just kept turning up and being there when they needed him for the inside ball, the outside ball, whatever, setting up tries. He was a fanta- He was fantastic in this game. Um, yeah, the ball movement from Canberra, the speed of the ball movement was a massive factor. White and Fogarty, you know, they had effort, but they, they were clunky as in the attack. Um, Papa Lee and Elliot were good, and Young is in career best form, but you can't really say much about any of the other Canberra players. I thought Crichton and Salmon were, were decent. Um, O'Sullivan, you know, he had a bit of a mixed bag of a game. He looked really good at times with some good passing and short kicking, and then he kicked a couple out on the full and dropped a couple and missed a few tackles, so... Yeah, there's something there, but um, he had definitely had a mixed bag of a game. Um, Fish, Martin and Appy were very good. And, yeah, the, the best two players, I thought, were Isaiah Yo and Dylan Edwards. Dylan Edwards is an absolute... Uh, like, he was as good a player... He's just as good an individual, individual performance in a team as we saw this weekend. I was sitting there for saying. 20 minutes, half an hour, I'm just going, sure get him off the fucking field. I'm pretty sure he's got a busted <laughs> rib. He's he gassed. He's, he's the only player that has... Realistically, when Penrith, whether they win, win, lose, or draw the comp, what, you know, I suppose you can't draw the comp. We win, lose, <laughs> win or lose the comp. When they come to their players' play, if he doesn't win it by a landslide, it's not even a like. Yeah. He, he will now, um, but it's not even a, a discussion because he's carried him through Origin, he's carried him through injury, and he's carried him through suspension, and he's been absolutely outstanding. Like, I don't think people can heap enough praise on how good Dylan Edwards been this year. Uh, he won him this game, and he was. I can't believe he only ran 190 meters. To be honest. Um, but he was outstanding. Uh, I agree with what you said about Yo. The rest there wasn't much going. Martin had a couple of nice touches and runs and hits and whatever. But uh, and Appy w- was good at key times. But like I'm not. I, I thought their edge defense was was could have been torn apart as well. With Penrith, they weren't could've should been. have been. But there was nothing beyond that. I think this just sort of stamped Penrith would have been happy because they've won by twenty against a team that did nothing. That was that's turning up here for an, a top eight spot and probably. After everything was said and done, proved that they're not a top eight team. So, we, do we just all move on, Ollie? You're nodding away. Well, before <laughs> before my spiel um, on NRL tonight, they brought up a question: Is Dylan Edwards the best non-rep player in the NRL? You would be hard pressed to. You'd have to be find Absolutely. someone. And, By a mile, but, and you right know what? Come to you, you speak yeah. about the, the Australian squad and that. Surely he's number thirty or something like. Sure. That you won't because he got five four. I'd like, just love like to see him be. at least picked. Like Unfortunately, in, he's picked the one spot. Yeah, you I've got because, that's actually he should be there ahead of Guthrie. Yeah, hundred percent. But um, yeah. Latrell will be there. Teddy yeah. will be there. Suwali will be there. Yeah, 
Val is interesting. Val will be yeah. there. Tommy well, he, reckon, he, he reckons he might Islands. play for Cook why, Islands. Why, I don't know, because you'll make the Australian team. And Tommy reckons he's going to have a crack. So, hey, yeah. poor deal. Well, Val's already won a World Cup with Australia and scored five tries in every game. So uh, maybe he wants a bit of a challenge. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I reckon we stick a fork in Canberra. They are officially done for the year. Yeah. I don't think they've been a genuine chance for about a month, but I keep questioning myself weirdly as to why Sounds I think... Sounds like you're reading a eulogy, that. Oliver. What's because, going on Because, you know, I've, I've felt like this about Canberra for a bit, so yeah. I've got a bit of a spearly. So I don't think they've been a chance gen- genuinely for about a month now, but at least kept questioning myself and saying, oh, they're still sort of there. Because all I would hear or say online or whatever are geeks tickling themselves silly over these fools. I guess because they just didn't want to accept that the Roosters were going to make the eight and didn't want the Roosters to make it. But I think for a little while now, realistically, the Roosters have just been at least one level above Canberra consistently. Anyway. I don't make consistently, but I think... <sighs> over the past month. Right to, oh, month, last month. Well, if you look at yeah. Canberra, the only times they've really won is when Tarpany or um, Hudson Young have gone out of their way to score a couple of tries yeah. or, you know, create stuff in the middle of the field. It hasn't really been their outside backs or their halves, yeah. so... But, but I think Canberra have been that inconsistent, to be honest. I think they've signed themselves up to finish between 8th and 11th every year for the next three years after re-signing Ricky Stewart. Shock and horror, Penrith can actually play well without Cleary. It's not like they've proven it before this year. Quick, someone grab a pen and paper to write this down because what I'm about to say will surprise everyone. Penrith are probably just going to win the comp. Uh, I'd say I'd agree Hudson Young was probably Canberra's best. I thought Elliot was good too. Yo was so good, I think I'm going to be pregnant. And how anyone can still think this Edwards v Gutho debate, which I still see bits here and there debate, is worth having at all, needs their head checked. I don't know what more Edwards can do at this point. And again, it's frustrating because he's, he's good enough to be a rep player. He's good enough to get all the accolades of the best players in the comp. He's just unfortunately playing in a very stacked position right now. It annoys me. Yeah. Um, I think you're right about... Yeah, it's like the, realistic, and we look at who we get excited about for Canberra. Um, who can you get? They're losing Elliot... Uh, and Tarpanay was injured, the rest of them... Like, they've carried Elliot Whitehead yeah, all well, year. He, yeah. And when we, we talked last year about... Last week about win, the top three wingers. He's in... He he, he makes a, he makes up the trifecta with uh, old Mitch Moses and Gutho. Uh, how Weir and Ira doesn't get a start over Whitehead, I have no idea. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all yeah. a bit mad. Because like, I suppose because he's the Pom and they have to, but... Um, the rest of them... I don't want to talk about it. Let's move on. Um, Penrith, do they win the comp? Probably, but... I, I still think that they've got some challenges over the next four to six weeks. They, they can, they're, yeah, they can still. Got a, we'll see against. We'll know more against South. I don't think. I don't necessarily Melbourne will tell us either. So interesting this week because it's, it's almost two, two half cast sides. <laughs> you won't know till the second week of finals when nah. they've got, you know, their halves back on deck. But um, yeah. it'd be interesting to see. And this how they is come where back. right now at this time Roosters are just they're, oh. they're pinging us and getting well, now. Now that we've co- Keary and yeah, now that we've covered both teams, I'll say maybe this is bold or whatever, but I think the team with the best chance of beating Penrith are the Roosters. Mm, like that. Which I would have said two weeks back in, but they'd lost Takio and Tupanua. Yeah. Uh, but now I'm back on board. I still, uh, I don't know about Melbourne if there's like a resurgence or something in the finals, Melbourne and Melbourne, but I, I'd say safe better probably They'd have the to Roosters. play their absolute best game and they'd still be challenged by Penrith, I would imagine. Yeah, no doubt. Um, three to Edwards, two to Yo, yep. one to Appy. Or Hudson Young. I'd probably go with Young. Yeah, okay. I think he was great in a poor side. Sure. Sharks 24 just took forever. It was like trying to get fucking stomp <laughs> the fucking cockroach. You get run out of the bookshelf. 
Uh, Root Dragons <laughs> 18 uh, in this game, Barn. Yeah, four tries to three, four out of four conversions played, two out of three for the Dragons, one out of one penalty attempts for the Dragons. 70% completion played 77%. 33 out of 47 sets played 34 out of 44. Five line breaks for both teams. 34 tackle busts for the Sharks. 23 for the Dragons. Eight offloads to six. One forced dropout by the Dragons. 354 tackles by the Sharks. 311 by the Dragons. One ruck infringement to four. Zero inside the tens for both teams. Six penalties conceded to seven. 19 errors for the Sharks. 12 for the Dragons. And a sin bin from both sides. Nakora with 42 tackles. Jaden Sewell with 35, Molitano with 184 running metres and Sims with 141. Lockie Miller missed four tackles, made five. Ramian missed three and made 19. Moses Mbai missed six and made 19. And Ben Hunt missed his usual five tackles for 18 tackles that he made. Watching this game made me fucking furious by the end of this game. My <laughs> missus was going, he's a winning. What are you carrying on about? Uh, this was fucking atrocious. <laughs> they were comfortably the better side. They were fucking, when they had the ball and they weren't dropping the fucking thing, they looked a million times better than the Dragons. <laughs> but they dropped it 19 times. Like, you cannot beat a decent game. You cannot beat a decent team dropping the thing 19 times. Add to that the missed tackles by their edges in Lockie Miller. I think Kay Dykes missed three or four. Ramian missed three or four against an attack that wasn't really lighting them up. It was just one on, a couple of one-on-one -on -one poor misses there. Their discipline giving away stupid penalties at stupid times, dropping the ball coming out of their own end because they generally don't drop it when they're on attack and they're going to score points. Yeah, yeah. They score points. But when they're coming out of their own end, they just give it back <laughs> to the opposition time after fucking time. And if their goal line defence hadn't improved like so much compared to what it was last year, they'd be losing these games by 20 or 30 points. But they'd managed to hang in and fucking they somehow snuck in with another two points that they should run and hide and keep those points as far away from anyone else as they can because they didn't deserve them. They fucking stole them in this game. They were lucky the Dragons were as bad as they were. And, yeah, I, mate, <laughs> the consistency of the drop balls, I, I think it's been three or four weeks in a row where they've dropped somewhere between 18 and 20 balls game after game and... Better teams will flog them if they keep doing that shit. <laughs> if they keep it, if they keep it together and they have some sort of direction without dropping the ball, they will challenge some of the better teams. But at the moment, it's not looking like it at all. Um, I've been saying that for weeks. So I feel like Cronulla just keep winning. You got to, and you've got it. You've always yeah. got to acknowledge the teams that win ugly. Yeah. But what does that mean when you get to a semi final and Penrith put thirty on you? It, it doesn't mean anything. But well, they keep wanting to play touch footy. They don't have the direction and the control that they need out of their halves. They just take, try to take every opportunity where times you just need to hit it up and continue on with the play. But you know, you get there. Um, Talakai may as well go back to the front row, row because he's getting no fucking ball out wide at the moment, and all he's doing is he's a second row. What about? I don't think he's got a try. Like he's still in running two hundred meters though. I don't. You he, know what he I mean? never. He, like, like his stats always look good because he's taking the second hit up every every play that they get when they kick it down the other end. The fullback takes the run or the winger takes the run, and then Talakai makes ten or fifteen meters, and that's basically all he's fucking doing. So he may as well go back into the front row and play in the middle. Because they're not getting him any ball out wide. They're going Ramian's side consistently. Obviously, that's got a bit to do with Moylan being out in this game. And yeah, Dykes had a couple of nice moments. He looks like a really good mover, and there's something there in the future. But fuck, he made some errors and some poor missed tackles as well. So there's that. Um, I, I did really like the way he moved, though. Um, Hunt and Laurie and Sewell were decent in the middle. DeBellin was the Dragons' best player. Trindle was decent. Um, but, yeah, he's he's sort of that fraction below first-grade standard, I think. Um, 
Rudolph, Braley, and McGuinness were good. Oh. Probably Graham's best game in yeah. the year. I was actually about to say, um, I was looking at his stats, but it was it felt like Graham's best game yeah. in a long time. Even yeah. when I make notes, you cover every, like in that one <laughs> sentence, you covered every <laughs> single player who I had listed. Uh, Nakora and Hines were the Sharks' best two players, I thought. So. <laughs> well, I. Well, I just wanted to bring something up because today in researching for my notes, I actually went back and looked at every game Cronulla's played this year because I did notice that. I said, Cronulla don't like flogging teams. As you brought, they, they brought up, they win ugly. There have probably been three occasions this year where they've actually sort of put a team to the, to the sword. Yeah. Mel- Melbourne, about a month ago, right? But then you've got to go back to, I think it was round two and three. They flogged the Dragons in that one game and then they flogged the Tigers. But was that the game where like they were... They were still sort of holding holding a couple gears back. Yeah, Cronulla, yeah. when when they you know the game I'm I'm talking like right at the well, start the game of the year against, against Melbourne, the they were very controlled. They didn't play any outlandish touch footy bullshit. And the first two games at the start of the year, it all just came off. Yeah. The first four, the, probably the first month for the Sharks, everything they tried just seemed to turn to gold, and they just scored points at will. The two, the two games and, that looked best was Melbourne and Manly, wasn't it? The Manly yeah, game where was they crisp. played controlled yeah, football yeah. and yeah. they directed it through the middle and only went wide when they when there was a honest opportunity out there for them to do it. But they just seem to spread the ball way too wide, too early, and they continue with it. Even when there's nothing to go on, they try to pop passes. They try to do, you know, that stupid, incredible ball, and they turn it over to the opposition. So and, and That's the thing with Cronulla, too. Like, they are one of the teams that you probably actually want to see absolutely dominate the geek teams, kind of like, like, like the entertainers, kind of like the Bulldogs are now, but actually good, because they are a good side. But it just seems every time they're at half time they're about 20 points in front or whatever against a team that you think they're going to go on and absolutely flog they just let them back into the game to some portion like that game against Manly they should have put 80 on them to be honest like they were just on fire and then that entire second half and it's games like this and to an extent the Cowboys game against the Bulldogs later on which we'll get on to that actually probably further cements well, I think Penrith will probably win the comp because these performances are just really worrying from these these top two sides who are challenging Penrith. And you bring it up, I think Cronulla's best play was probably a lot around the Fords other than Nico Hines. Rudolph was really good in the middle. And I think defensively, uh, McInnes, Braley, Nakora and Wade Graham, I think really pulled their weight. For the Dragons on the other hand, I think a lot of what actually kept them in it was um, more than one Ford was was having a go for the week, so that probably helped them. But I feel like their their backs have been spruiking their um, their two, three, four, and five for a lot of the year. This is probably one of overall the weaker performances from them. Zach Lomax, I still thought was very good, and he is the leader in that if sort you, of area like, of the field for Zach, the Dragons. No, Zach Lomax needs to go and just play under Bellamy or Bennett, and he'll be, he'll a, be a star. He'll be a superstar. But, but that, that's like what I said: swap but like the Dragons that, and that's Melbourne's not edges. Breaking news. But yeah, that's, yeah. But it's, it's like if you swap the Dragons and Melbourne's edges, Melbourne are probably still in contention realistically, and we all be saying they're a good chance of winning the comp. You put you put Bird and Lomax on the Melbourne edges. Uh, you fucking terrified. They're, they're different. They're, it's Bird like was good, night, it's, Bird it's was night good. and day. Bird was good. If you put Bird and Lomax in those Melbourne teams yeah. right now, my God, they would scare yeah. the shit out of some teams. And just because yeah. you know, if if he's trying to do stupid flick passes, he'd get his ass chewed out from him. Um, yeah. yeah, whatever. Have we spent too much in this game? I don't know what do you say. Well, I get the young, the two Dragons players. I sort of wanted to to spruik a little bit. Uh, I'd say probably DeBellin and Jaden Sewer. And again, yeah, that that's more, that's more. Uh, Blake Laurie was good as usual. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I'm just getting excited over Blake That's Laurie. He's a really good player, and I do get excited over That's him. So Ollie's being groomed right now, so I'm going to talk to him. <laughs> <on here>. Someone <laughs> call the police. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Oliver, that's, that's, I'm very impressed by that. That was very good anal- analysis. You know what? Because I looked at my yeah, notes and then good. didn't read them. I looked at them and remembered was, them and uh, spoke was... words. Sure, you got a clap button or something. Oh, there yeah, we go. Yeah. Look at that. That's... I might try that for the next uh, game uh, as well. Our little boy's hey? all grown up. Wow. There's, yeah, there's been a couple of games this year where the Sharks have tried to defend their way to, you know, the, to, a, to a win, and that was the one against Manly you mentioned, and probably even the Storm one to some extent. But they're... Um, they just need to control that ball movement and stop playing touch footy when they get in front of teams because it's just fallen apart. <laughs> They're given way too many opportunities to the opposition. So. Nico, three. Yeah, here we go. Yep. Um, Daggins is fucking two. massively... I've realised Barney's just like... Battling Nico towards the daggy here. Oh, yes, yeah, every week. Well, every time oh, they Nico win, he's their best player. Nico too. Yeah, you know what? He'll be two then. Should Nico, Nico, should Nico have three. We talked. Fucking should Nico Hines be in the Australian team? He probably should be in the thirty. Be, you know he what? Should be the fourteen. He should, I think. Be, yeah, he should be actually be in front of Dylan. He Edwards. should be playing fourteen. Fuck, can yeah. they make it a forty-man squad? Like, but no, <laughs> we talked about yeah. Sean. Like, like, honestly, if Nico Hines is like, in the team, if you want a utility that can play halves, centre, wing, fullback, Nico should actually be in the team. And you know what? His defence is as good as most. Probably, you know what? They will. They will, I think. I right. will be surprised if he's not top three for the Dalian like, medal as well, to be honest. They like, ran I at think him he will all be up night there. in this game, the Dragons. I think he made upwards close to 30-odd tackles and only missed a couple. Like, yep, they, he did. they ran at him 31 all night. 31-1. So, like, his defence is as good as any. His ball playing's pretty good. His kicking game's decent. Like, he's not... He's not a superstar of the best of the best, but he's up there. Oh, well, I think like, like I, I don't think he, he's far off. Like he is. He's a couple how, of how many, down, how many? How many? All right, all right. How many halfbacks could you put in this team and they'd be running fourth? Let's be honest. Mm, take who? out the top, the three yeah. above them. Put it this way: they took Townsend out, and they're better. Uh, you t- Cleary and Hughes, maybe, uh, and yeah. and DCE. But then you'd probably just go and, and play, fucking go play him at six anyway and then fuck off. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> what, my point, my point <laughs> is would be pretty good there as well. <laughs> when people talk about buys of the year yeah. and rave about Reynolds, I don't know if Nico necessarily gets that same. Nico has to be buy of the year, oh, in my opinion. Uh, I, I can't see a better one. It, it's him or Reynolds. I think I, I think it's cl- I think it's very close, but I don't have towns in as high as others do because I think that I think that Cowboys thing is a a product of, of Payton more than Townsend. And I, I don't think Dearden, that's anything against Holmes, him. Yeah. I, I, I straps, think Townsend's JT. been a key component in it as well. That's not to say that off-field isn't. I think he's... I'm sure he's very smart and brings but a lot I, the I think he has also brought a bit, but... But you look at Nico, like, even the games yeah. that they lose, he's in the top five players. Like, even when yeah, they're going yeah, yeah, bad, yeah, yeah. he's in... When Reynolds... When the Broncos lose, Reynolds knows. nowhere to be seen. Are you talking about this players? Isn't Nico number one? He's been picked for news, like... He's been. He was been like, that, 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 I bring up yeah. Edward to someone who's two, not even been. The two been that immediately come to mind are him and and maybe a full year of Adam Dewey. He's a, a twenty-one. So we'll go the Cora three just because. <laughs> no, no, go with what he said. Give Nico Hines, the Cora, and then I either had Wade Graham, Teague Wilton, or Jack DeBellin. I'd have to go Graham to be honest. Twenty-eight fourteen, a Sunday afternoon kicked off with the Cowboys uh, overcoming. The 40, was it a 14-point start? 10-point start at least. Yeah. Uh, from the plucky dogs, but they were pretty average in the second half. I think class jumped <laughs> through here. By pretty, I mean very. And Barney, tell us some stats. Had three tries to five, one out of three conversions for the dogs, three out of five for the Cowboys. A missed field goal attempt for the Cowboys and one out of one penalty attempt. 60% completion by the dogs played 73% for the Cowboys. 21 out of 35 sets played 28 out of 38. 
670 running metres and 230-plus post-contact metres for the Cowboys. One line break to seven, 22 tackle bust to 32, 16 offloads to 11, three force dropouts by the Dogs, 337 tackles played 264, two ruck infringements against the Dogs, one against the Cowboys. One inside the 10 against the Dogs, six penalties conceded to five, 14 errors to 12, Jackson made 43 tackles, Robson made 32. Jackson made 98 running metres and was the best for the Bulldogs. Yeah. Drink water with 183. Uh, Topine missed five tackles, made 37. Burton missed four and made 16. Drink water with 100 supercoach points. Leilua with 97. Burton with 85. I'm, I'm finally, like, really buying into the, this hype around the Bulldogs as the entertainers and the fun team of the comp because, to be honest, at the start of the year... With all the fuckwits out there saying they were going to make the top eight, it actually sort of made me hate them and want to prove them wrong. But now those people are proven wrong and there's no way the dogs are making the eight and they're that fun team, they're, they're entertaining. I've actually allowed myself to buy into it and, and like, and at least for the first half of that game, that was well and truly on display. Like, even against the top team in the comp, the Bulldogs are just sort of that X-factor team, whereas, like, as much as we've been hyping them up, the past few weeks overall they're still not an amazing team right but they're that team where the style that they play even against a top team in the competition can still sort of put in that solid effort for a while and compete with them for a while but at the end of the day class is going to prevail again this is why I sort of worry a bit about like your sharks and cowboys a bit because overall a team who's second on the ladder should be more dominant again against a side like the bulldogs but again they've been unpredictable Lately, um, it, it's good to see this year someone in preseason must have told Scott Drinkwater he's actually allowed to be a good footballer because it's like night and day for the rest of his career, honestly. And he's been amazing. Like, he's been. He wasn't in team really for four cool. weeks, but. That's, yeah, what the He was. He was a breath of, breath of fresh air and then. And, and, again, and again, I think it was sort of, uh, as we like to say, we need to get this on a T-shirt, but the usual suspects for the Cowboys were the ones who stood up in the end and got them home. Um, your town lawyers as well. Uh, Cotter coming off the bench as well. Just an, an absolute machine, I think, for them. And other than that, it was great to see the, the sort of X-Factor show between Birdo and Josh Adokar. And I was really surprised as well reading say that not a single Bulldogs player ran over 100 metres and overall as much as we've been hyping them up as I said and I'm getting excited for the Bulldogs I think they might um, earn themselves a little spot in a certain category for me tonight as I look right rigidly for some reason. A big shout out to a good friend of the show Trevor from Club Trev who's a big supporter and um, just happened to wander past then. Barn, what do you got to say? <laughs> yeah well at the end of the day the Dogs middles got flogged. Um, that was the reason that the Cowboys did it so easily towards the back end of this game. Uh, it was really nice to see that the dogs do play that up-tempo type of football. They're, they're not um, predictable in any way, shape or form. The way that Burton has his, the, the kickoff was fantastic. The way he floated it across and got it across the sideline. They get the ball back down. Nice little short kick, you know, just to kick off the scoring with Josh Adokar. There's definitely a combination between those two. I'm, oh, yeah, sure, I'm guessing they hang out a fair bit, those yes. two. They seem to uh, really get on real well. Um, but the way that they, you know, they they do something different in just about every game that they play that you don't see out of most other teams. Um, that X factor in Burton, he's a fantastic player and he can only like get now, better now, going I'm forward. I'm so interested to know, like now that uh, Barrett's gone, whether like Burton and Fox just go for a beer and go, well, what if I try this and it'll fuck them and I'll try sure. this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm, that's I what they I can't imagine doing, Potter's yeah. air 
tell like making this shit up. So. Just feel like you two just do what you fucking yeah. do. Because <laughs> something I noticed as well today, a bit. Which, and if that's the case, especially from folks like he should be leadership material. He should be. Oh, hey. Absolutely. I, 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 my heart was warm today when I actually saw a compilation online of Josh Adekar TikToks. He's pretty good in the TikTok world. Right. Him, him and Mick Potter. Right, you can get Mick Potter in his TikToks and like just having a bit of fun mucking around. There's one where they're doing training together. Can you imagine Josh had a car trying to stick a camera in like Trent Barrett's face or something? I know it's like a stupid thing, but the fact that you're actually able to muck around with your players in a bit and show interest in something that they enjoy, kind of like that's an example of that. And that a car's done well since. Nick Potter's come back in charge. Cowboys are on the back foot for 25, 30 minutes. The dogs were pretty much on top, I thought, um, for that first 25, 30 minutes. But once, um, once they started to get the roll on through the middle of the field, they just targeted directly through the middle and on the edges of the of the dogs' defence and they just couldn't keep them out. They were running really hard and strong at the edges of the ruck and you know, the dogs stayed tough and they, they probably hung into the game longer than they could have um, just through their defence. But the, the, the football from the last 10 or 15 minutes from the Cowboys was back near their best. Um, the, the middle of the defence was shot to pieces, obviously, but because um, they were they were very tired at the back end of this game, and then drink water with a bit of footwork and some pace just carved them up in the middle of the field with a couple of nice tries there. I thought there was no real massive standouts for either side, to be honest. Um, Davida Pangai was decent, as was to, uh, Topine and Jeremy Marshall King. Jackson worked his backside off, which he does. He makes his 50 tackles a week, but, you know... It was an outstanding. I thought both halves for the dogs were pretty good. Um, mm. It was probably Flanagan's best game for the season. Um, and Burton was as good as he is most of the time. Hess was okay for the Cowboys. Um, most of their bench their bench forwards were probably the difference Luciano in the game, to be sensational. honest. Luciano was Lelua, Cotter, and um, you could chuck Neem in there as well. He wasn't quite as good as Cotter and Lelua, but they were fantastic off the bench and they made a massive difference when they got on the field. Robson, Chad and Dearden were okay. You know, they just sort of got, went through the motions. But drink water late in this game was uh, fantastic and yeah, as potent it, as anyone on the field. because so. obviously I've seen a bit of him. Um, yeah. But he felt mass- – like he feels massive now. He does, doesn't he? He just feels huge. like a big yeah. – and that's because Nana and Nana are smaller. But he – and Co- they actually are a small forward pack and he gives him size. Whereas he, he'd never felt like a monster mm. at the Tigers. And, hey, I suppose – He's playing a little bit more in the middle, so I think there's a bit more of that impact with the Cowboys, you know what I mean? Like, just sort of running into the bigger bodies more so than targeting the halves and stuff. But he's doing a bit of both at the Cowboys, which is probably his best best way to play him, to be honest. But he's a a great signing for him. Uh, And um, Cotterback's big too, so that just... He was fantastic, considering how long he's been out and the amount of work he got through. Yeah. Um, How are we going to score this one? If I had Drinkwater or Leilua, toss up for both. Drinkwater probably just gets the edge because yep. he gets the flashy plays at the end of the game. Um, mm. Leilua with the two, and then I had uh, Reuben Cotter or Burton for the one. Oh, got to be Cotter. Be Cotter? Give it Cotter. Yeah. In 14 10, Newcastle beat the Tigers. Fun. Stats. Yeah, we had two tries to three. One out of two conversions for the Tigers, one out of three for the Knights. 78% completion played 65% for Newcastle. 30 out of 38 sets played 25 out of 38 sets. Two line breaks to three. 34 tackle busts for both sides. 17 offloads for the Tigers. Nine for the Knights. Three force dropouts for the Newcastle. One 40-20 from both teams. 348 tackles played 369. One ruck infringement to three. 
Zero inside the tens. Two penalties conceded from both sides. 11 errors to 16. Offer Hengawi made 44 tackles. Braley with 47. Offer Hengawi with 164 running metres. And Gagai with 203. Kapoa missed five tackles, made 14. Madden missed five and made 15. Milf missed five and made 18. And Clifford missed five and made 20. So the halves sucked ass. Uh, gay guy missed four as well, which is a consistent theme throughout the year. Tuolagi with 82 supercoach points. Tuala with 80. Offengawi with 76. You got, you got I'm going to steal you. No, still, yeah, well, your first line would be fuck this game, I would imagine. So <laughs> that's what fuck I thought about it. Wait, any, any, any robberies or anything occurred nah, this week? Nah, that was shit. No. This was absolutely they, painful to watch, they, mate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> half the blokes out there didn't seem to give a shit. And the, the half that did just seemed completely inept and had no idea what they were doing. It was like your, your pissed mate when he's going absolutely pissed out of his brain. He goes... I'm going to go and pick up a root here. And he wanders inside and there's dribble coming down the side of his chin. The bloke can barely stand still. Walks over to a bunch of girls, trips over, smashes his head on the bar. Barney, you're not, Barney's not supposed to be the one who makes analogies to real life. He's supposed to be the smart analytical one. No, that's ah, the best analogy. This is not how this is supposed to happen. He gets up and mumbles something like, nice ass and walks off. Like, you know the bloke, you've seen him do it before. You know he's got a bleeder game there and he... Occasionally he can he can score, but these bikes did not look like being able to score at any time in this game. It's like they were physically impossible and incapable of doing anything, even though they were trying their best. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> Do you want to go? There's and nothing then, to add. You sit outside yeah. and you just laugh at the bloke and go, oh, fuck, sorry, mate. You, yeah, tried, you did your best. <laughs> like, I, wasn't even, I, I, I wasn't even angry. That's how I felt, actually. Now you, You've summed up how I felt. It's like watching my best mate not get a root. That is how That is how I felt watching the Tigers. While he's dribbling. <laughs> well, you have nailed it. Well, nailed it. it. I, I've never thought of life this way, but that is true. <laughs> I felt. I watched this game and just went, really, the Fucked up. He's fucked up again. I've seen you do uh, it before, but you're he, not doing it tonight. And here comes a dribbler now trying to pick gonna, up a route. I'm going oh. to see my wife and kids and uh, do your best. I thought the Tigers forwards were actually pretty good um, yeah. overall. Uh, Tuolangi, Freebarn in his debut was pretty good. No, Pole it. and Safarth again. Um, they, they've been playing really well and it's been trying hard. Musgrove was pretty good, um, but you know, a couple of errors there. Laurie and Kapoa were okay. But Dewey was very involved, but again, he, he just couldn't hit the mark. He was missing yeah, that, that finishing that. touch. Um, he, he tried real hard. Barnett, Saifidi and Frizzell were good for the Knights and probably the reason that they kept the middle from falling apart at different times. Milford, Milford was decent, but again, didn't mm. really have that finishing touch. But um, it came down to the Knights, I thought. Just a couple of their outside backs had a little bit better footwork and um, pace than what the Tigers had in your gay guys. and. Yep. Um, the likes out wide there for the Knights. The but yeah, there wasn't <laughs> the likes. The oh, well, what, was the one, the other, what was the other one? I said the whoever's. The, 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 <laughs> the likes. That's, that's much nicer. No, you know, there's, there's a couple of guys out there that were decent, but Gay Guy I thought was probably the best of the Newcastle Knights with his footwork yep. and caused a few problems out yeah, wide. You gotta, so. I suppose you got to wrap Tex, but he got gift plated yeah. a lot. I'd probably wrap Braley as well, at the very Braley least, in, in defence yeah. for Braley's Newcastle, as he Braley usually turns is. turns up every week. Yeah, yeah, if only he could physically turn up every week for a couple of years. I think yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. honestly yeah. would be wrapping him a lot more. Um, but unfortunately... Um, Injuries uh, fucked two and a half years yeah. of his career. Uh, yeah. For the Tigers, it comes down in terms of the three 
big performances to the blokes that have been mentioned. Joffa, as we've always been saying, Kelma, and I think, honestly, Fairbairn off the bench for yeah, the Tigers yeah. was a standout for them on debut. I just, this game, like, it, it's not Titans-Tigers level, but it's it was Titans Tigers level. It was close with, uh, to the worst game of the bad. year. With, it was, it was like, Titans Tigers level with um, with the Warriors chapter yeah. with points involved. <laughs> and, and look, I didn't um, unfortunately. I have the yeah, sorry, no. I, I unfortunately didn't get to see the post match press conference. But Adam O'Brien must have been calling himself Jehovah or something because he, he's seventeen. Jabroni's actually won a game. So. He, he is the gift that keeps on giving. I, I, I was actually hoping Tigers won purely just so he could see his blow up. up because because <laughs> they actually now just have an O'Brien cam in the second half. It's all they showed. It was fantastic. Yeah, they did show him a fair um, bit. <laughs> and and now I like I hope I I actually I God bless him. I hope he has a job for life because my God, I'll enjoy. <laughs> now I I know at some point within the next four weeks, due to doing my ladder predictor, that. The Raiders and the Knights versus each other. The post-match press conference should be Adam O'Brien and Ricky Stewart <laughs> sitting across from each other, <laughs> just going like no, red them playing and, beer pong. And, and just screaming <laughs> at each other about how they were each dudded, even though one of them had, they'll probably end up a shit draw. The key to that match is yeah. Ashley Klein. No, you put it Fuck the game of football. Fuck the game of football. That should be the game. Just them two sitting at a table yelling at each other about how they feel sorry for themselves. Two versus one match against Ashley Klein. I was the assistant coach for a couple of premierships. Yeah, well, I won a premiership as a head coach 20 years ago. Yeah, when Gus was there. Anyway, let's move on to uh, the things that... No, no, I've said too many words about the Tigers this year, so I'll keep it brief. Um... Yeah, Milford Gay Guy 3-2. Not sure which way around. but uh, uh, yeah. Gay Guy 3, honestly. Gay guy I'd three. go Gay Guy 3. Milford 2, and then I had either Dewey or Offa and Gowie. So, so the the, the new, Newcastle for... This, I don't know. Like, what? The Saifedi... Actually, when we talk about props... And, and the Saifedi's going to be in Australian discussions. My God, they're fucking average footballers. Um, Daniel's... Jacob's actually gone off playing a cliff. better than Jacob. Yeah, Daniel, Daniel. Daniel was really good. Um, Daniel... In this game, <laughs> there is some tremendous memes around about him, so that <laughs> at least amused me. Newcastle dominated the first half of this, and it was on the back of Milford being very like Milford was actually clever. looking yeah. clever yeah. and yeah. dangerous, and like looks like someone with a football brain, which is uh, one up on most people, most of the blokes <laughs> on this field at the time. And then, and then at literally at half time, the Newcastle fullback just went, "Okay, we've had our, our little pep talk from Adam, so we'll just stay in the shed." And well, they probably sat there and thought, literally fuck, probably I hate any this other, bloke. Any of the other 12 other teams in this comp win this second half 30 to win this game by 30 to 14 because, my God, like they were terrible. They kept giving ball away. They kept giving points through the middle. It was average. Unfortunately, Tigers don't really have any players. So there's, that's a big issue. The one bloke no one's mentioned yet, and I want to wrap, and I thought he was absolutely outstanding. James Tarmo was fucking tremendous in this game. He's been good for he, a fair bit this year. He was, he was making two and three tackles a set, and he was he was absolutely standing. And then when the game had to be won, he was sitting on the sideline. So, hey, <laughs> um, there he was, which seems to be a common theme as well. But I thought he, I thought his captaincy was good. I thought he was – I just want to wrap him because I'll give him a point. Why not? But um, Adam Dewey is – Adam Dewey needs Jackson Hastings in the team to be Adam Dewey. Absolutely. Adam Dewey can play a whole year and be an origin standard 5'8". Without Jackson Hastings in this team, or potentially, you know, an Nathan Cleary or someone, he's a fella that has some that can put. He's a he's a catch, uh, Matt Burton. 
Mm-hmm. Somewhere in between. He's got a good bomb and isn't as fast and can break some tackles. But if he has if he has other points of attack, he's a great point of attack. And I, think, I think that's what Adam Dewey is. And yes, yeah. yes, he should be club captain. Yes, but, not, but you need to put that. You need to put someone next to him. And if you put Hastings next to him, that's fantastic. That can be a great tag team. I don't necessarily need you need to extend that to a Luke Brooks trio thing. Um, beyond that, yeah, you mentioned all forwards that were good, and um, I'll just say, uh, as somebody who I've been very, 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 very critical of, Asu Kapoa was pretty good. So. He was pretty good. Yeah. So you, that, know, you know, it's just to come into my brain of brains. No. Dewey and Mitch Moses are going to be a halves combination at the end of this year for Lebanon, you'd have to think. Does Moses well, get picked for Australia? I don't know. but that, no, Moses th- wouldn't get That's like, hmm. Okay. I'd like to say, I, Okay, hey, that they're going to get flogged once, but... I think who's going to lead, lead that charge? Because there's two blokes. Well, that, that's sort of what I was thinking. Won't play I, I, unless they're I, captains. I, 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 mm. I was thinking like, mm. yeah, okay. Uh, anyway, like, but maybe for Lebanon, I'll just smoke the peace pipe and be happy. I think New Zealand's the team that'll flog them in the group, so they'll get to the quarters. You but don't yeah, fucking like, say. You don't fucking say New Zealand. <laughs> Sorry, can I get that on record? New Zealand will be Lebanon. No, but then I think they got like Jamaica and someone else. So they'll, they'll <laughs> okay, flog them. But it'll, it'll be good. <laughs> it'll be a tough It'll run. be good to see Dewey and Moses no, like, look yeah. like amazing fellas yeah, against yeah. some yeah. geeks. Anyway, give th- I suppose we've got to give three points to Milford. No, okay, Gay Guy. guy. No, actually, guy. no, sorry, tell like Gay Guy. Actually, guy. we probably under underplay that. This was Gay Guy's best game, best club game since like round two. And he could afford he to miss fan. his tackle. He was actually fantastic. He had a lot of tackle busts. Yeah, he, 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 he was, and he was making 20, 30 metres a pop. Yeah, three to Gay Guy, two to Milford, one to Tarmo. Wasn't, wasn't round two the last time they versus the Tigers? Yes. I think I know what <laughs> Gay Guy needs. He just needs to verse the Tigers every week. But you'd probably make a list of players. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to verse the Tigers every week. Offer or Tarmo? Oh, yeah. Offer. Offer. No, I give it to Offer. I, just, I thought Jimmy was – I literally thought Jimmy was fantastic. Was, as, he, was. He, as he was, yeah, yes. Yeah. But now give it to Joffa. I think Joff deserves a point here. Yeah. Hey, we've an hour and 25. We got through all this. Uh, let's talk some uh, pot plants. Ooh. I've got a whole plans. game. You know, just to make it interesting – you're not allowed to have a pot plant from the Tigers Knights game, so shit. What have you got out there? <laughs> shit, because it wasn't that game. Well, well, one of the pot plant. I just want to pot plant the Bulldogs gen- generally because they didn't. Not one player ran over 100 meters. That's nearly unheard of today. But I, I was going to pot pot plant the entire bottom four, to be honest, because I think they are literally like a level below the Bulldogs at least to a 12 and a level below everyone else. Now, I've not actually gone through year to year to look, but just sort of off memory and watching over the years, and I've looked at a couple seasons. Take the Knights, for example, who are currently 13th, right? I would say in more seasons than not in the NRL era, they would finish last with their current record. But right now, because the comp is so shit and these four teams are so bad, they're 13th. Like, but... Fair enough. Uh, right, go. Uh, I was kidding, uh, just because I haven't. Elliot Whitehead, he's he, he will captain the he will be close to captain of the pot plant squad when we do that at some point. Uh, he, what England? Yeah, he probably make the English team. Yeah, uh, they they may as well go fucking. Gareth Ellis will still make he, the English he, team. He's he, still playing. He, I there. I think there is a good chance Elliot Whitehead will not start for England. Like he shouldn't be starting in first grade. He's he's an average footballer. He's a winger, and he. Is Dre like he? He brings very little to that camera team. In my humble, well, I'm sure he's a lovely bloke. I'm sure he'd be a fucking cracker to have a point with. But well, John Bateman still starts over him. Victor's the lock, easy, and then there's surely Victor someone. Walker, someone no, someone no else. wonder Victor declared because he'd like, be captain and captain coach. Coach. 
Um, I, 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 I'm not well informed enough about. Right, well, English there's at least two two throws. two players who would start over him. Elliot Whitehead has had a very very unimpressive year of football. He's missed more tackles than I can ever remember. And yeah, he's. <laughs> I'm with you. He has. He would have been one of the worst little. players in Magic. Even at Magic, he'd have been one of the worst players in the field at Magic Round. Pick Dom you know, Young to play for England and start him in the play. second row. Unless like, he's play, he'll be the World Cup, which yeah. is cool. It's funny. Like everyone in the will play World Cup except Dylan Edwards. <laughs> oh, you know, like that's, literally that's, everyone else. That's actually true. In the World like, Cup. Paul Vaughan, Paul Vaughan will be yeah. playing for fucking Italy yeah, and that, and Dylan Edwards will be sitting at home. Dylan be like, oh. Oh. he can come watch you with us. That's Jimmy Roberts and Dylan Edwards can come, but the, uh, the invitation <laughs> is there right now. Dill, come and watch the World Cup final at the Greyhounds with us, <laughs> with Jimmy Roberts and whoever else. And yeah, Gutho will be picked in the Australian squad. Whitehead's oh. not the worst player running around every weekend, but he's a lot closer to the bottom than he is to That's even right. average, in fact, statistically, to be honest. Statistically, it's in fact time 100. It's been confirmed. <laughs> yeah. anyway. My pot plant was Wade Egan at 5'8". He's by no means a 5'8". Um, missed more tackles than he misses when he's at hooker making 50 tackles a game. Uh, his ball playing looked very, very substandard. Um, it doesn't help when you've got Sean Johnson outside him who did not give a fuck for the majority of the game either, but um, he's definitely not a 5'8". They'd be better off playing Fanua Blake at fullback and Reese Walsh at 5'8". <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it. Just one week, please. Please, Stacey. Round 25 against the Titans, please. <laughs> the last point that he's They'll at, still win. The last point that that... Granville looked like a genius at fullback, so hey, why not? Uh, we got a question from social. Sash asked, uh, your final top eight, who's your, who's your final top eight? Who's Sash? Sasha Jurek, good friend of the show. Oh, thank you, Sash. I can actually give you an exact ladder oh, predictor if you'd predictor. like. After, maybe just do, we know who's going to – well, no, go on, go on. My top eight, what I've ended yeah. up with, then uh, I do it – I've done it for the past probably three weeks, every week now heading into the finals. Eighth, South Sydney on 28 points. Paris 7th, Roosters 6th, both on 30 points. 5th, Brisbane on 32 points. 4th, Melbourne on 36 points. 3rd, Cronulla on 38. 2nd, Cowboys on 38. 1st, Penrith on 42. I agree with all of that, except I'd probably switch the Cowboys and the Sharks because the Sharks have a bit of a better run home than the Cowboys. I think the Sharks will finish 2nd. Says the Sharks fan. I'm joking. I mean, they're a good chance. Yeah, I agree for that. I think Roosters finish higher than the Broncos. It's the only change I'd make. I think Roosters will... Roosters might not win, uh, might not lose another game. Which well, I think mainly Canberra have now pretty much stamped themselves yeah, as cool. not making the eight. The, so. the, the eight, I think, as of this week, officially is those set. teams will like, be in the, there. A, a, yeah. Like th- they'll mix around amongst themselves, but the eight is the eight. All right, have we got a, have we got a slap? Should we just should we table uh, Ricky as a slap? And well, and that's go yeah, it was going it, it was going to be my slap. Just yeah. no matter what you think of the situation, and none of us, other than the people involved, know fuck all. To be honest. And wrong place. Way, wrong, wrong place to like. As in a professional setting, you can't bring personal emotions into something like that, especially when you're announcing. You know, you've got a speech in front of the and, NRL uh, community, and then you bring personal af- stuff. After into consistently it. coaching in the NRL for 20 years as well, that's what gets it for me. For Sticky, you've been oh, you're right. one of the longest serving one of the longest serving NRL coaches. Like you've said, almost exactly the same thing about what happened on the field, and nothing would have been said. He could have said it was a dog act. It's one of the the worst things I've ever seen on a football field. And nobody would have batted an eyelid. But he went out of his way to make a personal attack against a player. And it's unprofessional. Does anyone else have a slap? That that was my slap. The Raiders' attack was my slap. Their attack was woeful. They didn't, as I said, they didn't look like scoring points against probably the worst defence in the league. And how they turned that around and even consider themselves a chance to still make the eight after a showing like that. 
I've got no idea. My slap is myself for ever, ever, ever <laughs> tipping a Tigers 13 plus, and I deserve it. I should be double slapped and turkey slapped for good measure. Well, I'm not by you, by the way. I actually am also going to slap someone at this table. Unfortunately, it's Barney because very good. I went and had a look at my super coach this week, well, right? And I actually had a good week for me, one thousand one hundred no, points. Don't talk about. But Barney, the liar. <laughs> told me that the competition go, oh, it goes into a bottom eight competition where you guys verse, but if you lose this week, you'll be eliminated. Yeah, no, I just get points now for the rest of the year and verse no one. I probably would have beat half the comp, but you got no, me you all excited. I, 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 I actually went a bottom eight, but you ran 20th. Oliver, you would not have beat half. <laughs> 1,100 points would not have beat half. But Barney gave me false hope, and I hate getting false hope. The Titans do it to me every five weeks or so, and I didn't think, I, I thought, I did no, not think Barney Oliver. was on that same level as them. So I, I'm sorry, buddy. It was a 1400 plus score by by good, good by Danon who took the belt. So good I just, on him. I just but, uh, Danon is now currently the weekly champion he's and week champion. our favourite going into and he's getting through. Because I went and bought Nanai like a geek who got nine points. Now this it. week it's a knockout head-to-head competition between myself and the Dagstar. Well, so, I'm not involved, yeah. but well, I tell you what, the, the, you're ac- <laughs> the actual uh, the actual belt still laying on the floor <laughs> in my study. So who's the real winner? Like. I was going to slap someone. Who was it? That was me. All right. Who wants to salute? Let's go. Cam Murray. That was one of the best performances I think I've seen, especially in that first hour of the game. He was everywhere. He's um, ball playing, his defense. He was just tremendous. (laughs) I haven't seen much of a better performance out of anyone this year. I thought he was amazing. It's the Cam Cam tonight because I'm going with Cam Munster. Oh, okay. For obvious reasons. Fair cool. I'm going to salute. Two. Yep. James Tamo, I thought it was fantastic and just I want to salute him because I can. And uh, Nat Butcher, outstanding in a Nat team, underrated and a couple of tries, doesn't miss tackles, turns up, well, 40 in fact, he made 40 tackles, missed three, but outstanding, couple of line breaks, fits in lovely in that, on that edge of the east side and I think he should be, it's much better than the west side, the east side, I'll tell you now. <laughs> um, good on Nat. For being there. Uh, do we have anything else to talk about? Or should we go home? I think we should go home. I think we should get another drink. Yeah, we'll do and that. Then go back home. to the bar. Um, thank you, boys. Look at that. 90 minutes. We've done a whole round. Fantastic. Very good. Good to see you, Barn. Looking well and healthy. Good to see Ollie. Yeah, um, bonus, a bonus salute for your notes. So you came good with them. You found the right rhythm Do we like there. them? Do we think? Well, no, I, I, I think, it's I think up you to the found people. the best it, rhythm, but right It's in. up to the people. Uh, we have no camera here, so no YouTube this week. But uh, I think towards the end I fine-tuned it. Absolutely, you did. I think, yeah, I think towards you, I think that, that's yeah, where it, But, again, you, those two were a bit robotic. But, but then, I, then I thought, you know what, how about read them, then say, and you know what, I think, so, yeah, to our ten listeners, we, we've gone no, up. you've done well. You've <laughs> done I think, well. I think <laughs> you've, you've probably got right in from just yeah, from your fine note work. Yeah. Uh, I want those ten to all go to rugbyleaguemerge.com and buy some shirts and hats and beanies. I think and, they probably uh, should. Hold on. They'll Absolutely. enjoy There's that. There's no camera, but I'll do it anyway. Yeah, the One More Club. You've got matching shirts with Shelly over there. Oh, um, go and check RugbyLeagueMerch.com out. Uh, subscribe on all our socials. Leave us some feedback on this. And tell Ollie if you like his note-taking or if you like his random prognostications. Uh, yeah, ramp up the feedback, guys. So get, get involved. Us. Tell, tell us some us shit. Tell us we're dumb shits as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. I'd almost feel more comfortable. It reminds me of living with my ex-missus if you told me how dumb I was. So, um, do that. And then, <laughs> he misses um, it secretly. 
Don't say that, I'll get in trouble. Uh, and uh, Okay, not that, secretly. Let's. Uh, I'll hit this button, and as it kicks in, fill some time, boys. Talk let's about something. <laughs> talk about something. How's your week, Barney? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. I, I got a bit depressed listening to Paul Ken earlier, but... Yeah, well, he put himself <laughs> on show, didn't he? Anyway. Didn't he what? Here's some music. Yeah. All right, boys. Uh, Regular merch. Subscribe. Preview Wednesday. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.